Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker and the FDA's Food Safety Modernization Act, which is effectively called FISMA by people in the industry, was signed into law in 2011 and requires that all human and pet food manufacturers maintain a written FDA-approved food safety plan that puts into effect a zero-tolerance policy for any potentially pathogenic bacteria found in any food for people or feed for animals. With the implementation of FISMA, the FDA's role switched from a reactive model or removing tainted food products from the market after reports of illness to a proactive stance, which is the goal of preventing foodborne illnesses from actually occurring. In mid-2015, with its new zero-tolerance policy in effect, the FDA began conducting a quite large-scale testing of commercially available raw food diets, but not processed foods. They checked for E. coli, salmonella, and listeria. And interestingly, their decision was to target raw foods. And it wasn't because of customer complaints or ill dogs. It wasn't due to a massive recall or discovery of contaminants like penobarbital found in dry food. In my opinion, it was an offensive strategy to pursue the fastest growing segment of the pet food industry, this super popular segment of the industry, to try and find a problem to highlight, which would cast fear and doubt, and then, of course, potentially steer people back towards highly processed foods. Unless the massive kibble manufacturers that run the pet food industry begin producing raw foods to compete in the marketplace, which means acknowledging that their dry foods are not biologically appropriate, Really, the only option that kibble manufacturers have is to attempt to affect sales by competing with other pet food categories like raw foods. Their only option is to cast doubt or fear, which is exactly what this initiative did. The problem with the FDA's zero tolerance policy for pet foods is that it's an unrealistic and quite impractical goal when you're dealing with meat intended for consumption by carnivores or scavengers, which is what cats and dogs are. Cats and dogs have evolved with a much higher tolerance than humans for potential foodborne pathogens. That's why cats can lick their butts and not get sick. It's also why dogs will oftentimes eat poop. Dogs eat poop regularly and they don't die. Dogs and cats have an entirely different physiology adapted for this. But even more concerning, the FDA has no policy in place to discern pathogenic from non-pathogenic strains of E. coli and salmonella. There are hundreds of different strains of these commensal organisms. Many of them are naturally found in your pet's GI tract. And the FDA actually has made no provision in the Food Safety and Modernization Act to be able to discern or differentiate potential pathogens, which could harm humans, from these naturally occurring bacteria found in many dogs and cats around the world, regardless of what food they eat. I think that that's a really important point to make. Even more confusing is the fact that the FDA doesn't even have a zero tolerance policy for USDA inspected meats, which are headed for the supermarket, which is headed for your consumption, which are ironically the same quality of meats that the vast majority of raw pet food manufacturers use. It's frustrating that the actual standards for raw pet foods are higher than meat destined for human consumption. 
regardless of the FDA's oversight of these pretty pertinent issues, all pet food manufacturers now must have their FDA-approved food safety plan in effect. And fresh food manufacturers are using a variety of FDA-approved processes to ensure that their raw food products are safe so that the next time you hear someone say commercial raw foods are dangerous or, you know, my vet says not to feed raw foods, they're dangerous, please correct them because you watch this video and you know better. One potential pathogen control method that many raw food manufacturers are using is HPP or high pressure pasteurization, which is also called high pressure processing, which means HPP creates actual sterile raw food that's devoid of all bacteria. Even the beneficial good probiotic bacteria are gone, which is why critics don't like it. HPP works by applying very high hydrostatic pressure, up to 80,000 pounds per cubic inch, to eliminate all potential pathogenic microbes. This is an FDA-approved process that is used extensively in human food markets. So for instance, all of the yogurts that you're eating commercially available, deli meats, fresh juices, pre-made guacamole. A lot of the foods you buy at the health food store have already been treated with HPP uh, that you are eating. So the pet food industry, raw pet food manufacturers, has they've adapted this technique for raw pet food because it's so effective at killing off everything in terms of every potential bacteria found in the food. Critics of this technique believe it's a fairly extreme method of processing whole foods because it, depending on the amount of pressure you use, research has actually demonstrated that proteins could denature using HPP. And of course, the beneficial good bacteria are also obliterated during this process. So there is also some concern about the risk of pets ingesting plastic contamination residues, which are called phthalates, as a result of high pressure processing. Of course, you're eating those byproducts as well if you're eating human foods that have been HPP. There are a number of other potential issues with the process that I'll cover in the article associated with this video, but I think most of us would agree that feeding only sterile food to dogs and cats isn't natural or beneficial for supporting or maintaining a healthy microbiome balance long-term. But there certainly is a place for sterile food in the marketplace. In theory, sterile food that has undergone HPP is the safest food on the market because it's sterile. This is something that about 90% of the veterinarians I meet don't know about. So if you have a veterinarian that doesn't allow raw food in the hospital or says things like, all raw food contains bacteria that could be harmful to your animal or you're going to hurt your pet feeding raw food, make sure that you either send in this video or that you re-educate your veterinarian about the fact that up to 40% of commercially available raw food diets on the market are sterile because they've undergone this particular processing technique and that HPP means that these raw foods are devoid of all bacteria and that's something that no kibble in the world can claim. So if you have young kids in the house or if you live with an immunosuppressed individual, sterile raw food may be a great option for you. This is also my recommendation as a food choice for pets that have had recent GI surgery and need a very clean, in fact, sterile food choice during recovery. Although many raw food manufacturers use HPP, many companies choose other means of meeting the FDA's zero tolerance policy for bacteria and pet food. Some fresh food manufacturers are using ultraviolet or UV light technology that creates antimicrobial conditions in addition to the germicidal properties of UV. So the portions of the manufacturing process such as grinding or patty making and packaging can be done without the risk of environmental contamination. 
because pathogens are systemically destroyed in the environment when this technology is operating. There are three varieties of UV light separated by wavelength, and UVC has the shortest wavelength, and this is the type that is used for food production. According to the FDA, UVC at 200 to 280 nanometers is this germicidal range that is proven to reduce or eliminate E. coli, salmonella, listeria, and other foodborne pathogens. Ozone is another method that some companies are using to manage potential bacteria. Ozone is a form of oxygen that is recognized as a broad-spectrum biocide against viruses, bacteria, biofilms, fungi, and protozoa. None of these pathogens can build up an, a tolerance to ozone because it is disinfected by the oxidation processes. So instead of poisoning microorganisms, it actually destroys them through oxidation. Ozone gas is pumped into cold water and then the ozonated water is used as a rinse for the meat. Or it can also be used misted in the air or a spray or a meat bath. The ozone survives for only a matter of minutes before decomposing into regular oxygen. So it's obviously non-toxic, which is fantastic. Bacteriophages, aka bacteria eaters, are benign viruses that target specific bacteria infecting and killing them. Now, don't be alarmed. Phages are actually ubiquitous. They're everywhere on Earth. They're inside our bodies. They're on our skin. They're in soil. They're in our pets. They're even in the ocean. So phages are very specific in that they can only infect their targeted bacteria. So they're totally safe for everything else. They have no effect on human, animal, plant, insect, or other cells. Unlike other methods to kill pathogens, bacteriophages don't affect the color, taste, texture, or odor of ingredients. It's a 100% natural approach to killing bacteria in raw food. Batch testing is another way raw food manufacturers are managing potentially pathogenic bacteria. Samples of finished products or pet foods are tested for harmful bacteria, and if there's none found, then the batch is shipped to market. Pretty easy. This is the oldest method used by the FDA to evaluate meat for human consumption, so tried and true. Fermentation is a method of inoculating raw ingredients, which enables beneficial bacteria, including lactic acid bacteria, to produce an antimicrobial substance called bacteriosin that protects the food against pathogenic bacteria blooms through manufacturing, distribution, and storage, all the way to your pet's bowl. So as you can see, raw food manufacturers use a variety of FDA-approved methods to manage potential pathogenic bacteria or detrimental bacteria in their raw food products. Check out your pet food's either website or call your pet foods customer service line to find out exactly what method your fresh food company is using to comply with the Food Safety and Modernization Act. That being said, it's important to realize that the raw meat used in many commercially available raw food diets is human grade, USDA inspected, and literally no different from the steak and chicken purchased for human consumption from your local grocery store. Obviously, all of these meats should be handled with the same safety precautions that you use when you prepare your meals for your family. It's all the same meat. So if you're cutting meat on your kitchen counter, regardless if it's destined for your pet food bowl or for your family, you will disinfect your bowls, counters, cutting board surfaces, utensils. All of those surfaces need to be disinfected regardless of who the end product benefits, whether your family's eating the steak or your pets are eating the steak, you wanna disinfect your surfaces. 
One of the other challenges for every pet food producer is managing recontamination risks. Since implementing some of these steps in the manufacturing process doesn't eliminate the risk of recontamination after production. And if your pet food is made in Canada or other countries around the world, pet food safety protocols actually are still voluntary. So it's extra important to call the company and ask a few questions. The good news is any transparent company will be more than happy to answer questions like, where does your meat come from? And what's your protocol for managing pathogens? And who formulated your fresh food diets? And to what nutritional standard are they formulated? All companies are pretty open about these topics. In fact, some companies are really fired up. They'll email you complete nutritional analyses compared to AFCO. If your pet food company can't or won't answer these questions, honestly, I would suggest that you just not feed their food. There are plenty of companies that will happily answer these questions. Bottom line, follow the safe, same handling precautions for pet food, regardless of the type of pet food that you feed your pet. You wanna wash your hands, wash your bowls, wash the surfaces. And be assured that responsible raw food companies perform due diligence to control potential pathogenic bacteria in a variety of ways to ensure each batch of food is safe for consumption by your pet. It's the law here in the U.S. Now it's up to you to do research to know what pet food companies you align with ethically and what companies you'll choose to support after you've done your transparency due diligence.